It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Tuesday, November 24th, as we look to recap UFC 255 Figueredo versus Perez, which took place on Saturday, November 21st at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Uh, and uh, what an eventful Saturday night that was. Uh, some good, some bad. Uh, from from my perspective, uh, a lot bad, a lot bad, because uh, uh, as always, we get to some of the housekeeping uh, surrounding North Star Sports uh, first, and that was not a good night for the mailman. Let me tell you that, uh, yeah, that was that was not good. Obviously, it was the uh, uh, well, the opening round, but I guess technically the semifinals of the uh, November World Grand Prix, and uh, it did not go the mailman's way. Uh, we lost another heartbreaker to uh, the Hound Dog, uh, 50-49. It was tied going into the final round, and uh, all I'm feeling is pain right now. It's tough. It's tough. That's that's the first time in my main card showdown career that I've lost two in a row. Uh, I'm not used to this feeling. It uh, it sucks. Uh, yeah, like I said, we lost to Hooverman 47 to 46. Well, two weeks ago at this point, on that stupid fucking bullshit decision with Corey McKenna beating Kay Hansen, a three-point swing, I end up losing by one, so I almost came back despite that, and then, ah, you know what, I, I'm more pissed about the first time as opposed to, to what happened on Saturday, because the reason I lost on Saturday is because I was too conservative. I, I didn't go out and win. I tried to just play it safe. I tried to play it by the numbers. I I knew Shogun... Well, I shouldn't say I knew, but I had a feeling Paul Craig was going to win, but I didn't want to stake my entire fucking swing on Paul Craig, and of course he goes out and, and, and uh, wins. So, uh, yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, Reagan Hooverman moves on to the finals, which, eh, that's fine, but... The fireman moves on to the finals, which, you know, is not good. So, you know, I don't care <clears throat> I don't care if Reagan beats me. That's that's fine. That's fine. But I do care if Drew becomes the champ and Drew wins a Grand Prix. Then then this becomes a problem because he is a sneaky fella. And we don't you know, that's my that's my arch nemesis, you know what I mean? That's that's like that's like Vikings and Packers. I don't really care what the Lions do because they're irrelevant. So if 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 the Lion Reagan Hooverman beats me, yeah, okay, that's fine. There's no rivalry there. I I couldn't care less. Good for him. But it, the Fireman, the Fireman. We can't we can't let him win. So uh, hopefully Reagan Hooverman makes some solid picks and uh, the best Drew can get is uh, a silver medal. I'll be taking on uh, Jordan for the uh, the bronze medal match. Which, you know, it, it's whatever. No matter what, Reagan Hooverman is going to be. Actually, no, no. If if Reagan loses, 
he'll get another silver medal, so he'll be at four points. If Drew wins and gets the gold, he'll have th- uh, three points from the gold. He won the bronze the first time, so they'll be tied at four points. So if Reagan wins this, he's running away with uh, the uh, the Olympic tallies. But if uh, if Drew gets silver and I get bronze, I'm still ahead of him. Although yeah, it really doesn't matter because this is the second time we've done it, so I'm not gonna get too caught up in early leads uh, on the uh, on the on the Grand Prix. But um, yeah, you know it's tough. I gotta go out there. I gotta I gotta smash Jordan. I gotta do that, and then you know hopefully Reagan still has it and I'll, I'll take him on uh first week of uh december and uh you know i'll put it on him i'll put it on him i'm, I'm not gonna let him beat me again although i do find it funny listen the storylines are good for me no matter what as long as i beat jordan because even if drew wins then this it's perfect it sets up uh you know a, a rematch between me and drew um and uh, you know that almost works more in my favor because i know i'm gonna beat the fireman and I can stop him from getting a title defense. Reagan Hooverman has a title defense before the fireman. And Reagan has done this five times, I think. And uh, the fireman's done it uh, 18 times. So uh, storylines are, are abound with this. So, you know, that'll be fun to watch. Obviously, it was a really big event for uh, North Star Sports 19. Uh, I had it up somewhere here. But, yeah, we had five bouts. So that was that was great. Uh, Pip made his debut, and uh, I might have to call Peta on Pip because he beat Captain fifty forty four. gave uh, gave Captain a beating so bad Michael Vick would blush. Uh, Bree won. I forgot who she faced. Oh, Peyton the Panda. Uh, he did not win in his debut, and uh, you know the D three rules expert Jim Sturm beat uh, beat uh, Schaller. So you know, interesting, interesting. I don't think, well, technically Pip was higher on the card, so we'll go with that, but Pip is the first competitor competitor to win his debut. Nobody had ever won their debut. Me and Drew, I don't really count that because we were the first to do it, but even even if you count it, we, we went to a draw the first time, so we didn't even win, neither of us won our debut, it was a draw. And um, Hooverman lost his debut, Bree lost her debut. I want to say Jordan lost his debut as well. So it's an unforgiving sport uh, when you're first getting started. But it uh, worked, uh, worked out fine for Pip. And, you know, we'll have some great matches uh, next week. But uh, for now, we'll forget that. We'll, uh, we'll probably touch on that for our uh, preview show. Uh, I don't even know what, what fight card is next week, uh, to be honest. But we'll figure that out tomorrow. Uh, but for now... We'll get right into the recap here of UFC 255. Uh, of course, in the main event, Davison Figueredo defends his UFC flyweight championship, choking out Alex Perez uh, in under two minutes. Under two minutes in the first round. Uh, I guess they have two really strong takeaways from this championship fight. Number one, Davison is a monster. And number two, Alex Perez is not very good. He never should have got that title shot. Don't know how he got that title shot. And, um, well, I guess we can blow our load here. Uh, I was going to bring this up uh, maybe a couple of minutes from now, but uh, I think like the two days after, maybe even the day after, uh, Figueredo agreed to fight Brandon Moreno, who also fought on this card uh, and got a win over uh, the Raw Dog. 
Um, so that's going to be like a three-week turnaround. Uh, four weeks at... No, it couldn't be four weeks. I think a three-week turnaround uh, to fight at 256. So that's a baller move. But that was the fight that should have been made originally. Brandon Moreno at least has been in the division. I know I know he technically got cut for a time there, but I mean, pretty much every flyweight got cut at one point. But he's pretty much been in the division since its inception. And uh, Alex Perez... I. I feel like flyweight is so shallow that they just go with storylines and, you know, the potential of a contender series guy winning the belt to be the first to do that was appealing to them. But I don't know how Alex Perez got that title shot. And uh, again, he was six and one in the UFC, but guys, guys, context is very important. He wins over Carl's John DeThomas, who Eric Shelton thought that was a country singer. Jose Torres, never heard of him. Lost to Benavidez, no shame. Beat Mark De La Rosa, who beat Jordan Espinoza, some guy on the street, and uh, beat like a 37-year-old Juicy Formiga. Okay, so that that's what gets title shots these days. Just beat up a bunch of no-names and uh, senior citizen, and uh, got a title shot, and obviously uh, didn't work out for him because he uh, beat nobody, so... That's interesting, and it makes me feel bad for Alex Perez, to be honest with you, because uh, it's very hard to get a title shot. Very, very hard to get a second title shot. Probably harder than the first, because you've already you've already had your crack, so there's no giant rush to get you back. So it makes me feel bad for him, because maybe if he beat a couple of more bigger names, maybe he would have improved, and maybe he would have been better, and maybe... I'm not saying he would have. He probably would have still been choked out or knocked out. But uh, maybe, maybe if he would have had to have fought uh, an Askar Askarov, and then after that beat a Brandon Moreno, and then you get a title shot. Okay, now you've seen enough high-level competition because he's seen enough competition. He's had a he's had plenty of fights. Uh, he's had two high-level fights, and he lost both of them. So it makes me feel bad because this guy was rushed, and um, yeah, it didn't go his way. And I'm not trying to say he would have won even if he had uh, better circumstances, but uh, yeah, uh, whatever. <coughs> and, and Davison's a monster. Davison's a problem. Uh, and uh, I, I just don't know how long he's going to rule over the division because he is 31, which is directly in your prime for flyweight. But like I say, when you're a flyweight, man, there's, there's not a whole lot of 34-year-old, 35-year-old high-level flyweights. I mean... The, the career curve, like I always say, is a few years earlier, several years earlier than other divisions like middleweight or something. So, and he, he's, had, he's had a tough time making flyweight. I think if I had to guess, uh, well, not even guessing, he beats Brandon Moreno. No, no, no question, he beats Brandon Moreno. Beats Brandon Moreno, comes back in like March, beats Cody Garbrandt, because that fight would make a lot of sense because you're, you're you know, feeding Davison these uh, cans and uh, beats beats Garbrandt and then moves up to bantamweight and I, I don't think he defends his title after that because uh, pretty hard to be 5'8 and fight at uh, 125 um, I, I do like the, the slow burn on Garbrandt I know that he was scheduled to fight him at 255 but uh, I, I kind of like it because like Cody said uh, he wasn't lying it builds the fight with him Nobody cares about Alex Perez. Nobody cares about Brandon Moreno. But for the sake of the division, we'll give you guys title shots just to placate people who still follow the rankings. 
uh, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. That's a good thing. But, you know, we're in the money era. And then, uh, yeah, we'll build a fight with, uh, with Cody. And at least the good thing about Davison fighting cans is he finishes fights. I mean, this guy finishes fights. It's always been the knock on, on flyweights. Certainly statistically, I think they have the lowest finishing rate in any men's division. I don't know about women's divisions, probably higher than uh, women's divisions. But, uh, you know, Davison's exciting. I, I don't care about anybody else in the flyweight division, but as long as the champ is finishing fights, okay, that's interesting. And, you know, something that uh, Demetrius didn't really do. I know people are going to point to the, the flying arm bar, but okay, good for him. It was on Ray Borg. Not exactly a high-level fighter either, but uh, yeah, it was an exciting finish. That's a valid point, but uh, you know, definitely doesn't really knock people out. So uh, good for Davison. Uh, he 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 really is making the flyweight division great again. He really is uh, uh, keeping it relevant. He he definitely brought it back. Um, more more so than Henry Cejudo. I feel like that's a misconception. I don't think Henry Cejudo brought anything back. Henry Cejudo. Uh, if anything, kind of boned the flyweight division by moving up to, to bantamweight and abandoning the division, leaving it with no champ. So, Davison really, and I mean, <laughs> he also missed weight for a title fight that they had to redo again. So he almost, you know, put the final nail on the coffin, but eventually he, he he's pulling it out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, moving on here to the co-main event, uh, Valentina Shevchenko beats Jennifer Maya by unanimous decision, uh, defends her, uh, UFC flyweight strap. Um, interesting fight. I, I kind of feel like Jennifer Maya is the, um, is almost like the, well, <laughs> they're both Brazilian, but almost like the female version of Tiago Santos, where, um... I mean, it's not a perfect analogy because Tiago, according to one of the judges, won one of the cards. But like, oh, Tiago Santos, that guy's just going to get fucking fed to John Jones. What are we even doing here? Nobody cares. Or then he puts on a really great performance, pours his heart out. And, you know, people have gained a lot of respect for Tiago. And I feel like that's the same thing here with Jennifer Maya. Nobody, nobody at 125 deserves a title shot. They're all equally irrelevant uh, when it comes to like win streaks and and things like that, it's just a real disgusting division. When it comes to trying to match make for a, a title fight, I mean, technically there are people you could put in title fights, but I could find I, I could find a homeless man on the street and put him in a title fight, and technically I found someone to, you know, be in a title fight. Um, but uh, yeah, Jennifer Maya, nobody thought she was going to do that well. She was 500 in the UFC. Of course, she was uh, a champ over in Invicta, which uh, is significant. Like you know, that's a very reputable feeder organization. And uh, fuck, I mean, that was tied 1-1 going into the third, and obviously uh, Shevchenko, you know, stepped on the gas, and uh, it you know it wasn't close uh, the rest of the way. But you know, I feel like that uh, raised her stock. And, uh, I mean, you could do a whole lot worse against Shevchenko. I mean, ask Jennifer I, Jennifer I, ask, uh, Jessica I, I mean, you, you definitely could have a worse performance. So, uh, good, good for Maya. Um, it was, it was interesting with, with Shevchenko. Cause I think that really showed a lot of holes in her game or maybe not a lot of holes in her game. Cause the game is v- very, very good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think that's, that showed the game plan to beat her. Um, and 
I, I don't think there's a whole lot of like high level wrestlers at this point in title contention at 125, but I think that's a really good sign. Well, I guess she's kind of been flip flopping between 115 and 125, um, which is a little concerning. Uh, you know, speculating a, a potential matchup against Shevchenko probably years down the road here uh, because Shevchenko obviously fought at 135 and was undersized for there, maybe a, maybe a little oversized for 125. Although, I mean, in reality, it's it's her perfect division. But like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a Jillian Robertson, I could see that being when she develops and, and gets, you know, obviously earns her way to a title shot, uh, that could be an interesting matchup. Just any anybody who can wrestle and hold Chevchenko down, I think, is probably the way to do it. Um, Tatiana Suarez, if she ever got healthy, that would be interesting. Obviously, she's not a 125-er, but um, I always get her confused. Is she at... Well, this is a terrible fucking on-air. I, either way, switching divisions... Uh, but like my point being, like a wrestler, like uh, even like uh, Cynthia Calvillo, who uh, uh, lost ten, uh, not tonight, Jesus Christ, my brain's turning into that of uh, Brendan Schaub. Um, but even like a Calvillo, if she can get on somewhat of a winning streak, that presents an interesting matchup stylistically. Uh, but I don't think Chepchenko is going to lose anytime soon. I think even. Even if the toughest challengers from 115 come up, even even if it's a Weili Zhang, I don't think she beats Shevchenko. Um, I I think she's one and one with Nunez. I think that's an actual robbery that uh, Nunez beat Shevchenko the second time. Uh, not even close. So uh, you know, they I think they did it uh, on the post fight show for ESPN. They did their top five female fighters of all time. And uh, a lot of people had uh, Nunez, or like, who's the greatest chick going right now? Definitely not Nunez, because uh, when these two fought, Shevchenko definitely won. Uh, I don't know anything about their first fight. Uh, Nunez won their first fight, never watched it, so okay, I'll go along with that. But second one is a robbery. So for anybody who's saying uh, Amanda Nunez is the GOAT, I mean, just absolutely incorrect. I mean, she lost to, to Shevchenko. Um, I'm just realizing we didn't go through the um, through the rankings there for uh, our, our first championship fight, but uh, now is as good of a time as ever to go through uh, the rankings changes at uh, 125. So there were a lot of changes here in the men's flyweight division, um, chiefly because uh, Juicy Formiga, who was number six, got released from the UFC uh, a few days ago. So. Uh, he is obviously removed from the rankings. And, uh, well, I guess we'll start with uh, number one. So, uh, Brandon Moreno gets the win over uh, the Raw Dog. He goes from two to one. Uh, Benavidez goes from one to two. Uh, Askarov stays at three. Perez stays at three. Pantoja stays at five. Uh, actually, did I say Perez at three? Uh, three, four, five. Askarov, Perez, Pantoja. And then uh, Brandon Royval, interestingly enough, uh, he moves up a spot despite losing. So he goes from seven to six because I don't know. I find that I find that interesting because um, this division sucks and is uh, not very deep. And he's established enough at this point that uh, 
you know, Formiga leaving. There's nobody that should be ahead of Royval that uh, isn't already. So uh, he moves up a spot. Same with uh, Cara France, Bonterine, Dvorak, Schnell, uh, Paiva, Elliott, Nam, Espinosa. And uh, now occupying the number 15 spot is Tagir Ulanbekov. I don't know who the fuck that is. I just saw that he had one win in the UFC, so I put him there because we have to have a 15. Uh, but I don't, I don't know who he is, so good for him. Uh, he, he's in the rankings already. And uh, a little, little more cleaner here at uh, women's flyweight. Um, so lucky, lucky Lauren Murphy moves from five to three. Jennifer Maya moves from three to four. Calvillo from four to five. So a very fortuitous leap forward for Lauren Murphy because the two people ranked ahead of her both lost. And uh, Chukagian uh, beat Calvillo, but uh, she stays at two because uh, at number one is Jessica Andrade. And, well, Chukagian got knocked out by Andrade like five weeks ago, so I'm not going to put her ahead of uh, that. So, um, I don't know. I think that's probably next next in line is uh, Lauren Murphy. I know that a lot of people have been talking about Andrade. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. I wouldn't be mad at it. It would, it would be a more interesting fight, probably... Uh, more dangerous fight for Shevchenko, but I think Lauren Murphy, if anybody, uh, has, has earned a uh, title fight there at 125. Um, all right, so moving on here, uh, we had a uh, unanimous decision victory for Tim Means over Mike Perry. That yeah, was an okay fight, slugfest back and forth. Drew Peterson says that's one of the greatest fights he's ever seen. Uh, I, I would tell him to go watch more fights. Um, but I wasn't watching it very closely, so uh, maybe, maybe it was. Didn't really uh, stand off the the radar for me. And uh, Mike Perry needs to be needs to be cut. Uh, he is uh, a boring fighter, <clears throat> yeah, and, and and he he doesn't win. I don't I don't like this new Mike Perry. Uh, I don't like Mike Perry for many reasons, but I I don't like this new Mike Perry. Okay, he beat Mickey Gall. Okay, so you beat a guy who would go 500 in Bellator. Mickey Gall is... is oh Man, I don't want to go down the old Mickey Gall rant, but Jesus, if you've, if you've ever tuned into the show, uh, you know my thoughts on uh, Mickey Gall. So whatever, good for good for Tim Mean. Uh, Tim Means, fuck Mike Perry. That's about it. Um, the aforementioned Caitlin Chukagian wins by unanimous decision over Cynthia Calvillo. Um, you know, that was that was a good performance for Chukagian. I definitely thought Calvillo was going to win, especially after her performance against I. Just a really weird game plan from Calvillo, just standing completely in striking range uh, of Chukagian, but not close enough to where she can do anything. Um, she's a wrestler. Didn't really try to take her down. Just an awful game plan, and uh, a perfect a perfect opponent for Chukagian. I thought she looked really good. I don't think, I don't think that performance by Chukagian is replicable in any fashion, unless you have an opponent that has that dumb of a game plan. Um, but it looked really good. I mean, Chukagian's a really good boxer, kickboxer, striker, whatever you want to call it, um, and and you know it was very, uh, very crisp uh, point fighting. I mean, that's, that's really what it was, point fighting. And, you know, she could never do that against Shevchenko because she'd get taken down and knocked out like she uh, like she did or choked out or whatever the fuck. Same thing. Um, finished. 
I, I don't think she could do that against like a Lauren Murphy. I'm not saying she wouldn't beat a Lauren Murphy, but just to be able to stand there and not even have to think about getting taken down because your opponent's not going to take you down. Okay. I mean, whatever. But it, it was a solid performance by Chukagian and took absolutely no damage. So if she wants to come back immediately and fight fucking, I don't know, anybody, she could. Um, but yeah, just kind of a puzzling performance. All right. Moving on here on the uh, main card opener, we had a round two TKO from Paul Craig on uh, Shogun Hua. Um, yeah, good for Paul Craig. Uh, he seems like a, a funny guy. Uh, most Scottish people are uh, funny people. They're uh, uh, interesting people. I'd like to hang out with some Scottish people sometime. Uh, and uh, Paul Craig seems like a, a riot. I love everything about, about Paul Craig. Uh, apparently, nobody knows why his nickname is the bear jew i love it i don't even know what the fuck that means if that's just a reference to inglorious bastards which is one of the greatest films of all time um but i love it i love it the 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 scottish war paint that's cool uh staring down your opponents and getting right in their face that's cool as well and i've always said paul craig is is a very very talented guy uh it, it it's just he's got to get his striking down Every time Paul Craig has been in trouble, it's it's because he's been knocked out, and it's because his striking's not very good. His grappling is obviously ill. I don't want to say elite because that's a very high praise, borderline elite. His grappling is fucking phenomenal, phenomenal. That's not the issue, and uh, uh, you know, because I saw him fight uh, when he was at the Target Center, and he got knocked out by Alonzo Menafield. Jesus Christ, what an awful matchup. And he tried a spinning... I forget the fucking term because I'm not a fucking jujitsu guy. So if I get the exact phrase wrong, forgive me. But like a spinning spinning back kick or whatever. And then he got knocked the fuck out by uh, Alonzo Menafield. And it's like, ah, that was a beautiful technique. I love that you're learning that and incorporating that. But how about we don't try that in the octagon if you don't have it exactly uh, uh, bolted down. And uh, I don't know, man. He, you know, he's he's uh, undefeated in his last four fights. Obviously, uh, included in there is the split uh, decision draw against Shogun. But he choked out Vinicius Marheda, who's not a good fighter, but he is a good grappler because uh, he's a BJJ guy. So okay, uh, choked out uh, Antigulov and then uh, tapped to strikes, which is interesting uh, on Shogun. So I don't know, man. I mean, every every time he loses, it's well outside of Jimmy Crute, but. You know, if, if he's really improved his striking, then that's an interesting addition to uh, the light heavyweight division. And um, uh, on the other side with Shogun, dude, you got to fucking retire, man. I thought he was going to retire after the fight with Little Nog, which never should have happened. Um, but you know, fuck me, man. Like, you have nothing more to prove. You already are going to have severe CTE because you come from shoot to box. And, you know, you've, you've had fucking 50 pro fights and how many times you've been knocked out in the gym but it's like yeah dude good for paul craig but it's paul craig you're not losing to you know the fucking number three guy in the light heavyweight division um and uh again like there was no need for him to fight little nog but i I respect that at a base level just because well let's take two old guys and just you know do what bellator does and have two old guys fight each other instead of you know, having an old legend fight a young fucking killer and have him get knocked the fuck out. You know, at least it's at least it's two senior citizens fighting. Um, but 
if that's not what we're going to do, if we're just going to have him fight guys in the rankings, uh, yeah, dude, you really have to retire. Or, I mean, or don't. I honestly couldn't give a fuck. If Shogun got knocked out 25 times in a row and just continued to keep fighting in fucking island fights, couldn't care less. It's just my professional opinion that he that he should probably stop but personally i don't care it's not my body so i uh, personally i i don't care continue to lose fights and get knocked out uh doesn't bother me in the slightest but if we're on the topic i, I might suggest retiring and again i know a lot of people were saying like uh well you know coming into this fight he was uh you know undefeated in his last three fights and uh if if you look since uh, 2014, he was five one and one. Yeah, okay, not against the not against the, against the best competition. And also, 2014 Shogun is very different from 2020 Shogun. That's six motherfucking years for a guy who was already old back then. So, yeah, I I would like to see him retire. Um. I guess we'll very quickly go through some of these prelims. Uh, Brandon Moreno, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess knocks out Brandon Royval. Really, his shoulder just popped out of his socket, which was uh, absolutely disgusting. Uh, good for Brandon Moreno, obviously. Like we've mentioned, he's going to get the title shot versus Figueredo at 256. So good for him. I mean, he definitely uh, deserved it. I mean, he, no question, he's a number number one contender. Uh, and uh, unlike Alex Perez, he actually earned this title shot because he had to beat, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to talk glowingly about, you know, Kaikara France and Juicy Formiga, but, you know, at least he's beaten a handful of guys on the rankings. That's more than you could say about Alex Perez. Um, and, and for Royval, I don't know, very interesting, interesting guy. I, I like his fight style. Unfortunate it ended that way, but, uh, you know, I mean, what what can you do? I mean, you got to stop the fight if your fucking shoulder's out of its socket. So, yeah, tough one. Um, we also had uh, Joaquin Buckley knockout Jordan Wright. Uh, that was that was a pretty vicious knockout. And, uh, you know, another undefeated prospect that Buckley defeats. Uh, kind of crazy how people forget about losses. And, and, and rightfully so. I'm not trying to bring up old shit. But, like, this is the same guy who got knocked out, like, eight months ago when he fought Kevin Holland. It's crazy how a couple of fights change everything for somebody, and and uh, you know, good good for Buckley. I'd love to see him fight James Kraus. Uh, you know, he's not going to get a guy in the rankings next, but you know, a, a tough veteran guy who who there is uh, some beef with, uh, beef with. Um, you know, I I would I would like to see that. Uh, we had uh, Antonina Shevchenko knock out Ariane Lipsky in the second round. Um, boring fight, don't care. Uh, we also had, um, well, I'm not going to say robbery, but a, a very egregious decision here. Uh, Nicholas Dalby defeats Daniel Rodriguez by unanimous decision. Uh, I just, I don't agree with that at all. Um, I don't, th- I don't, I don't see how somebody could score it for Dalby, and that fucking sucks for Daniel Rodriguez because. Man, he was running through people. He was knocking people the fuck out. He was getting in fight of the nights. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that's a momentum slower right there. That's unfortunate. Uh, we also had a, a very good fight here between Alan Joban and Jared Gooden. Um, yeah, that's, that's... I mean, even though Joban won, he had to go to the hospital. So, uh, good veteran performance. I know his goal is to fight in a main event, 
uh, before before he retires. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Joban is that good of a fighter. Uh, but you know, he, he's a, he's a tough one. I mean, he's obviously good enough to you know get wins in the UFC. But you know, I think we know what Joban's ceiling is. And uh, like I, like I said in the preview show, he's been doing a lot of media stuff, and he's he's very good at it. So I, I'd like to see him do a lot more media stuff. Uh, when he retires, which, I mean, probably is coming in the next year because he's 39. All right, moving on here. Uh, we had Kyle Dawkus win a unanimous decision over Dustin Stoltzfus. Uh, did not watch that. Good for Kyle Dawkus. Uh, I'm glad that he's in the UFC, and I'm glad that he's winning fights. Um, you know, when you have the style he does... You're not going to get signed on the Contender Series. I mean, you could dominate a fight with 14 minutes of control time and, uh, you know, some ground and pound uh, you know, thrown in there. But if you don't separate someone from their consciousness, you're not getting signed on the Contender Series. So uh, I'm glad he's, he should have been in the UFC three fights ago, maybe, whenever his first time on the Contender Series was. But, uh, yeah, good for uh, Kyle Dawkins. And then we had uh, Sasha Palatnikov knock out Louis Kosi. Uh, that was a good fight. That was a pretty good knockout as well. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about that, but uh, yeah, good for uh, good for Palatnikov. Um, just very quickly, we have uh, a couple of more uh, changes in the rankings that uh, I'd like to mention. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so the, in the light heavyweight division, obviously Paul Craig beat Shogun Hua, so he moves from 15 to 14. Shogun moves from 14 to 15. Very simple. And uh, in the heavyweight division, uh, number 13, Fabricio Verdum. Uh, I don't think he got released by the UFC, but I think his contract ran out and he signed with the PFL, uh, which is interesting. He's going to fucking dominate the PFL, by the way. But, uh, yeah, so we moved uh, Cyril Gahn from 14 to 13, Greg Hardy from 15 to 14, and then uh, taking uh, uh, the number 15 spot there is Marcin Tabura, um, which, I don't know, I, I always have a tough time trying to figure out who's number 15 at heavyweight because, you know, the heavyweight's never been that deep, but uh, I feel like that made sense. He's kind of having a, a career resurgence, so, you know, I think, he, I think he's earned the number 15 spot. So with that, we'll wrap it up here. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N. Uh, Owen the Mailman at Owen the Mailman. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out uh, NorthStarSports.media. We have uh, updated rankings there, um, all the information about uh, the main card showdown and and our picks and uh, things like this are all on the website. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and again, thanks for tuning in, everybody.